Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Conversations with Tara and Ryan. I am Ryan, and this is... And I'm Tara. Tara, what's <laughs> going on? And we have uh, Mike Harrington of Lifetime Insurance Planning out of Massachusetts. And of course, this podcast is brought to you by the NAIPC. I apologize, not the NAACP, the NAIPC. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's great having you. We've spoken a few times, but it's always good having conversations with you. No, absolutely. Thank you for having me. And Tara, hello to you as well. Hi there. So you are part of the Boston chapter, or the Massachusetts, I always say the Boston chapter, the Massachusetts chapter uh, with Ryan. Is that right? I am. I've uh, been a member since late last year, I guess probably around the fall, probably September, October timeframe I joined. Nice. I think he refers to himself as Ryan King of the New England Lands or something like that. Now that he's taken over as chapter leader. <laughs> that was a, that was just a joke, everybody. It was, <laughs> nobody was stepping up to be the president. So I said I'd be the president and, that, and, and throwing a little Game of Thrones reference in there. <laughs> I like it. I said that makes me the queen mother or the mother of something, I guess, if I'm the, <laughs> the programming director. I don't know. <laughs> So how are things up there in Massachusetts with the, the chapter there and, and your involvement? Are you um, enjoying all of the great things that Ryan has to offer? <laughs> you know, I am. And Ryan has, a, has done a great job with the chapter. Um, he invited me last year and I thought about it. I didn't think about it for too long. And I thought it was a great opportunity for me to, to grow my business to meet other professionals um, in, you know, not exactly the exact same thing that I do, but uh, other areas of senior living and how different professionals can help seniors um, as we all age. So it's, it's been really good, actually. That's great. You know, we um, just had a board meeting last week. Ryan is on the National Board of Directors and long-term care insurance came up as one of the hot topics on the on the list. So um, I'm curious to hear your take on um, where the industry is right now and, and where it's going, because I am coming up on the age where I need to start paying attention to these things. <laughs> I will be 45 in July. So I think it's time for me to start thinking about long-term care insurance. Yes or no? Certainly, you know, everybody thinks about it at different times for different reasons. It could be a financial obligation uh, where they may be uh, needing to hold off because financially they just need to wait for maybe they're funding college uh, tuition for their kids or whatever it may be. Um, there's never a time where it's really too early to start thinking about it. Um, in terms of the industry, there's a lot of different solutions that are available to folks. Um, solutions are unique. I talked about this recently with, uh, with a couple, um, you know, just because you may know somebody that has a policy or doesn't have a policy uh, or has a policy doesn't mean that that same policy is right for you. Um, and what I try to do is start with education, just get a sense of what do they know about the industry? What have they heard? Um, kind of level set and, and proceed from there. And it really starts with a conversation um, typically, um, there's three or four meetings or conversations where I'm helping uh, someone make um, an appropriate selection for them and their own real needs. 
what's what's interesting about what you do or at least uh, from the conversations i've had with you is that there are you're you're really uh, a lot of your focus is on education and and showing people that maybe what you heard about long-term care insurance 10 years ago or 15 years ago is quite different now and there are affordable options there i mean you can get anything from you know the 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 affordable option and i'm sure all the way up to cadillac options and the there's a much wider range of um, age ranges excuse me that people can get involved with long-term care maybe you can speak a little bit about that sure um and you're correct number one you are absolutely right um I would probably think the best way to think about it, there's a lot of flexibility um, in terms of the solutions that are available. And some of the things I may say are unique to um, a specific company. And by that, I mean, every company may have different payment options. So not every company, um, well, every company has an annual payment option, right? But some companies have single payment options. And clearly that's not gonna be right for most people but there's different funding strategies where that could be very useful for certain people. Um, there's, um, you know, as we know, there's, there's different types of insurance, right? There's traditional long-term care insurance, which is just pure insurance for a long-term care event. There's hybrid policies where they provide long-term care benefits and a death benefit if you never need long-term care. There's annuity products that have some sort of long-term care component uh, associated with them. And often that can be more suitable to people who may not qualify for any of the other options. Um, and essentially what happens is there's some benefits that become available should a long-term care need arise. Um, and when I talk about payment options, there's things like uh, a 10 pay, so you can do a payment over a, ten, a period of 10 years, but some carriers say, okay, you can do a 10 pay or you need to be paid up by a certain date. So it's very individual among carriers. And really what I'm trying to do is first get understanding of the type of um, product that they want and then explain the different choices um, between carriers. Um, and one thing I'll note, because I am an independent advisor, I provide plans from many different carriers. Um, so that's a little bit, um, not that I'm the only one that does it. Certainly there are other people that do that, but the point is I'm not beholden just to one insurance company. Now you mentioned something about a long-term care event. Can you maybe explain what an event is and when people actually do need to use the insurance? Because that can cause a little bit of confusion as well. Sure. So typically um, it's a, a severe cognitive impairment like an Alzheimer's or a dementia event or someone physically, they could be perfectly you know, healthy um, in terms of their mental abilities or cognitive abilities, but from a physical standpoint, they need assistance with two of the six activities of daily livings. And that includes things like uh, being able to bathe yourself, being able to feed yourself, being able to get out of bed and get out to you know, the kitchen or get out to, to, the, um, to the living room, going from one place uh, to another place. So you need to have assistance or require assistance with two of those six activities of daily living. 
And that's where it's great to partner with people like Ryan, who has the people in there who are doing the, the daily living activity. So what do you typically see as um, the number one use for a long-term care insurance policy? Is it bringing in those like housekeeping chores in the home or, or what's kind of what you're seeing right now? Um, I, I think it's typically care is starting in, you know, receiving care is typically starting in one's home. Um, and I think most people would prefer that um, or an assisted living uh, facility. Um, and, you know, I think over the last year with the pandemic, when we look at who was affected um, to a, a large degree in terms of um, uh, the, the fatalities, right? It's most of it has happened or a large percentage of it has happened in nursing homes, right? So nobody ever says, I wanna to go to a nursing home, right? So if you can receive care in home and you can receive care from a company like Ryan or another assisted or other home care agency, I think that's preferable for most people. They wanna stay in their home. Now, does that mean that everybody would? Absolutely not because specifically where I live in the greater Boston area, there's a lot of newer facilities for assisted living. And these facilities are quite nice and they do a good job um, with providing not just a safe, clean living environment, but a lot of them have activities, social activities, um, and the food quality is quite good. So uh, certainly those can be attractive for people, um, but generally speaking, that's going to cost you more money. Sure, yeah. And, and certainly with, with working with private home care, a lot of people don't know that uh, long-term insurance isn't just with private home care, but it's for assisted livings as well. Um, are there any other options for people who have long-term care insurance policies to use that in, in any other way other than those two? I mean, those, I assume, are the majority of it, but are there maybe some other things that most people don't know about? Well, those two plus a nursing home setting, right? Uh, but most people in a nursing home or about 50% of people in a nursing home are on Medicaid. So they're not paying for that care anyway. Um, so that's that's being funded by Medicaid. By this, you know, every state has uh, run, kind of runs their own Medicaid, their own Medicaid, their own way. But um, in Massachusetts, for example, it's about half of the people in a nurse coma being uh, it's being funded by Medicaid. So certainly, long-term care insurance will pay for a nursing home stay. It'll pay for any uh, of those uh, physical locations, in-home care, assisted living, or nursing home. Um, but when we look at that, um, where, in, where do people want to receive care? And again, I think most people want to receive care in home, but there can be a point and there will be a point where some people, maybe they do need to go to assisted living. And also what I've seen um, happen in terms of the way these assisted living facilities are designed is a lot of them will have a memory care unit as well. So if somebody is in an assisted living or, or they originally went there because they started to have some cognitive issues, um, they can be moved from an assisted living uh, facility uh, location of the facility to a separate memory care unit. And I think that's clearly that's better for that person who's receiving care because we know and medical professionals will tell you when someone is at that point of their life, moving, having someone move from one environment to the next can be a very difficult challenge. It can be very upsetting to them. Uh, so I think that is a 
good idea for these facilities because it does allow them to stay in that same physical location. We and have so, a go ahead. Go ahead, I was gonna say we have an upcoming session. It's actually in two days, so people listening will have to catch the recorded version. But it's all about a review of understanding senior living options for aging in place professionals. And it talks about assisted living and memory care and how to pay for each one and how long-term care insurance can work into all of that. So um, it's interesting how it all works together. And uh, so you can always, if you're listening and you want to hear that session, you can hear it on uh, the NAIPC TV on YouTube. So sorry, Ryan, I cut you off for that little promo about our, our program. <laughs> no worries. You got to throw in the promos yeah. um, when you can. I mean, my experience with long-term care insurance is it can be, it can be up and down. Um, it, one of the things that I think is really good with long-term care insurance, and part of the things we were talking about on the previous board of directors, and, and what I mean by up and down is that you have you have people like Mike who are really good at, at what they do, and then it can be very complicated or confusing on how to get those benefits um, going. People sign contracts all the time, myself included. We, we do it all the time in software where it's like, you have to read this whole contract and you click okay, and then and then you forget about it. Or if you read your mortgage or your credit card contracts, you totally forget about a clause that you swore to yourself you weren't gonna forget um, when you signed it three years ago, right? And so what, what do you do? What do you talk to families about and try to help families when they're on the back end and they're trying to get receive those benefits when it's been three, four, five, ten 10 years since they signed that agreement with you or somebody else that they're getting confused and frustrated and, and impatient about how that process goes? Yeah, so that's a, it's a great question, Ryan. It's a great point. So, and I'll kind of start from the beginning. Um, what I do with every single one of my clients, whether it's you know a long-term care client or any other type of client, at a minimum, I'm checking in with them a couple of times a year at a minimum. Um, then the other thing I mentioned is, look, you know, you need to make sure that your family members are aware that you have this policy, whether you know you may have a spouse. Um, or, you know, if you're single, um, you, you want to make sure that your children know you have this policy. Um, that's number one, being aware that the policy exists. Number two, I think um, the insurance companies have done a much better job over the years uh, with helping their clients because there was, to some degree, a negative connotation associated with long-term care insurance. Every single insurance company that I work with that provides traditional long-term care benefits and the hybrid policies, they have a care coordination benefit. And oftentimes that care coordination benefit, what that means is they're gonna have somebody that is actually coordinating the care for that person when they go on claim. In some companies, you can actually inquire and talk to the care coordination department before you even go on claim to get a sense of what does this help and how does this policy help me? Um, so I think that's important to do. Now, is that the ultimate solution? No, because there does have to be some sort of um, ownership uh, taken by the policyholder or their family, uh, because you, you do have to um, work with the company. And I do think the insurance companies have gotten much better um, in terms of helping people on claim. 
And so when, and so what, what are the big insurance companies that you're working with? Like there must be two or three big ones that most go through, or is it more broad than that? It is more broad than that. Um, uh, so I'm in Massachusetts, as we talked about. So in Massachusetts, in terms of traditional long-term care carriers, there's only two companies that sell actively in Massachusetts for traditional long-term care. There's several companies that offer hybrid policies. However, most life insurance companies offer products that have some sort of a long-term care or chronic illness rider. And all these products can work differently, but the point is there's dozens of life insurance companies that have some sort of long-term care component to them. Um, and so there really would be too many to name, um, but there, there are a handful of carriers that I would say I work with mostly when it comes to long-term care um, and how they pay benefits um, can differ. And when I say that, uh, I mean, uh, some carriers offer reimbursement, which means if you are on claim, you're paying for the services, you're maintaining receipts, and you're getting reimbursed for those. And that's the most common way that these policies work. However, there are, are indemnity policies where you're receiving a check um, on a monthly basis um, based on what the policy provides, and it's not a reimbursement model. Um, there's no receipts necessary. Um, so those do work uh, altogether different. Um, but in, in terms of the number of companies and who's better and why they're better, things change. I don't want to say monthly by any means, but they do change from time to time because companies have to reprice their products. Uh, another good example is less than two years ago, it's only been about 18 months since one company, um, their product that became available in Massachusetts, the product was available before this, but uh, what is now available from that company in Massachusetts is way better than it used to be. Um, and offers unlimited benefits. It's not right for everybody, but it can really be a flexible product that can address the extended care needs when someone is on a claim for an extended period of time. And typically, again, that's Alzheimer's five, someone who's on a claim for say five, six, seven years, that product works fantastic for a situation like that. Perfect. Well, I mean, what now getting back to the NAIPC and trying to rope that a little bit into this since we are on the NAIPC podcast, um, what was kind of the reasoning that you decided to join? Obviously, I kind of introduced you to it and, and you decided to make that commitment and kind of what, um, what have you, you found about the NAIPC thus far? Um, the prop to, I mean, quite frankly, the main reason I joined was to grow my business. Uh, but I think when myself or any of us join these associations, we learn from other professionals um, who are members. Uh, we learn how they help uh, seniors or, or could potentially help our, our own clients. Um, you know, Ryan, I've known you for three or four years now. Um, obviously you provide home care in a specific geographic region, right? And I've had situations where I've had clients ask me about hey, do you know, need a home care provider? And you've told me, look like, you know, that where that person lives, that's too far from me geographically, doesn't work great for me. But 
um, you've been able to connect me with another person or someone I've met um, through the NAIPC. Uh, things like reverse mortgages. So I've met a couple people through the NIPC that specialize in reverse mortgages. And quite frankly, I really never understood how reverse mortgages work because that's not my specialty. But it's, you know, that's another way um, that those professionals can help people um, or, or somebody that maybe didn't proactively plan for a long-term care event and they can utilize a reverse mortgage to fund care as they get older. So it's really been a good experience. Um, and I really do enjoy working with the group. Awesome. That's that's great. I'm sure Tara's happy about that as well. <laughs> <laughs> so happy, yes. <laughs> well, wow. one thing I, I'll, I'll say, you know, Tara, I, you know, I do networking um, in, in other groups as well. But the, you know, when you actually listen to what the people are trying to uh, share and how they can help, there's always something that you can pick up and pass along to somebody. Uh, I was on a call earlier today and somebody asked a question about hearing aids and someone in the group was, in, was able to help that person literally within 30 seconds. So there's a lot of value and that organizations like the NAIPC uh, bring. And it's not just to um, uh, the members, it's to the people we serve. So that, I think that is um, really beneficial to everybody. That's great. And I'm curious how you got into, into the senior industry, the senior world. Did it come from a specific um, incident in your life? Um, it, it did in a way. So uh, I've had my company for about five years now. Um, and the reason I chose to do what I do is number one, I wanted to always have my own business. Uh, but number two, my older sister, um, uh, got Alzheimer's at a very young age. And the things that we hear about, uh, or people in our kind of in, in our sphere, our business sphere, um, the challenges that come along with that. Um, and she's... She's um, had the disease now for about seven years. And it's, it's tough to see someone decline at anybody at any age, you know, if we've gone through with our parents or whatnot, but somebody who's really was middle-aged and was afflicted with this disease. Um, it, it's really hard on families. Um, so I wanna be able to help people and bring awareness uh, to things that I can do to help these people, to help them prepare financially. Um, and I, I think it's one of the greatest things any of us, or one of the hardest things any of us will ever face in our lifetime. Yeah. Well, if someone is listening out there and needs help with a loved one or for themselves and want to get a hold of you, what is the best way for them to reach you? The best way is probably via email. Um, I do have a website, which is lifetimeip.com. Um, but I also, if they want to reach me by, by phone, they certainly can. Um, all my contact information is on my website, uh, which again is lifetimeip.com. And I'd be happy to help anybody. Great. Thanks so much. I would love to maybe put together kind of something for our professional development series on understanding long-term care insurance for aging in place professionals. I think 
um, that would be something a lot of us would be interested in. So Ryan, any final closing words of wisdom? <laughs> no, I mean, I think, I think what Mike does is important and it's certainly one of those, um, it's one of those industries that, that a lot of people find out about after the fact, and then they wish that they had known. Now, granted insurance, insurance, you know, is something that you might, you might need it and you might not, but even Mike has hybrid products that are able to provide you with the long-term insurance benefit, but also um, give you some money back afterwards. So I think that there's a lot of good to come out of investigating at the very least long-term care insurance because we never thought we were gonna be aging till 80 years old and now we are and who knows what's going to happen with modern medicine over the next 20 years or so in my, it might it it seems like it will only continue to further our our the length of our lives I agree i definitely agree Ryan, with that well thank you so much mike for for hopping in and spending about half an hour with us um it was great to chat with you and certainly we'll see you soon and uh, thank you all so very much for listening to conversations with tara and ryan we'll catch you on the next one mm -hmm. bye-bye thank you thank bye. you tara bye-bye bye-bye